0: Log TALK RADIO Hello everybody, I'm Kevin Baird and I'm here today to talk about the new Companion. Today is October 3rd, 2015. Heading into the fall, crazy weather going on, hurricane out on the east coast right now, but I'm wondering how many of you know of somebody in a coma, someone who's just been laying there in bed, sort of responsive, but doesn't appear to be aware that everybody or anybody is around them. They are just there sleeping away with the beeps going on and different types of medical noises, shufflings about as people come and go to check statuses. Or what about, do you know of someone, or know of a, a young couple, or a new, you know, like a new couple or new parents, new parents who lost a child, a young child, probably the child was like two or three years old, maybe four. Or do you know of anybody who has or says that their house is haunted and that they feel like the spirit inside is trying to communicate with them? Doesn't feel, you know, uh, threatening or anything, or, or combative, or, or uncomfortable. Just a second presence there, who's living in the same place that they are. Only they don't have a body. People without bodies, souls or spirits without bodies we come here before we are born, we come here from an eternal place, we come here to be an experience, or that we come here to help other people or living souls, whether it's cats, dogs, elephants, horses, be an experience. We help them tool the experience, or that we are the experience that everybody experiences. They are the experiencers. How do you feel? How have things been? Are you creative? Are you intuitive? Are you able to like just come up with things out of the blue or things come to you out of the blue with ideas, solution to problems, or enhance a current thing that's already in existence whether it's a technology or a recipe for a meal or a style of food preparation, music, music Architecture, painting, technology, what are you good at? If you have, if you don't know what you're good at, if you have forgotten about what you're good at, try to go back to when you were like nine or ten years old. What were you good at then? What did people say? What did your peers of your age, like when you were nine, what did your other friends who were of the same age as you say that you were good at and that they really like what it is that you do? If you are one of those people who had people tell you when you were like nine or ten that you were really good at X, Y, or Z, this thing or that thing, and that they had a tone about them that made you feel like they had a bit of envy or honor or respect for this ability that you had. They were presenting themselves as someone who would help you be better at being the experience that you are. When we are composing composition, whether it be painting something, doing something in architecture as a blueprint or building plans for technology or building or structure like living, you know, accommodations, automobile, computer programs, we work with what some people would refer to as a MUSE, M-U-S-E, you can go Google that for those of you who are just learning that word for the first time. The muse is the person, or the soul, or the spirit that helps the builder, the composer, the creator develop their product to a wider range, a wider capability, enhance it or whatever. There are some people talking about really being good at something at nine years old, they are the people who say that they can see spirits, right? Or that they can talk to dead people, or that they see things that other people don't see, or that they can tell people, you know, things about their lives that they shouldn't know at all. Those people are known as, like, mediums or psychics. Able to pull something from some unknown place comfortable unknown sometimes uncomfortable unknown depending that guides them to know or to say or to be or to do the things that they do imagine if you could access that place. And I feel that it's the place that we come from before we were born. It's the place that we go to when we dream when we're while sleeping. And sometimes, for the lucky people, the people who daydream so vividly that they go to the same place. Mediums and psychics after years of practice are able to go to this place and to be able to pull information from this place. Some people might refer to it as an Akashic record. Pull information from this place and use it in the present situation of the physical. from an unknown place now the religions of the world are a frame that wrap around this unknown place and make it comfortable for the people who are or who fear it who fear the unknown place because it's not something that they are able to access to get information to help them feel more comfortable about unknown things that are happening that can't be explained that are happening in their life. Religion puts a comfortable frame around an unknown, the eternal unknown. Intuition, psychic ability channeling somehow is a function it possible for us to access to some extent or some degree this unknown place and that when we die, when we leave the body when we stop using the body when the last bit of our energy leaves out of the body this body that we're living in, in this present physical living time, we go to that unknown place that then returns to being known to us. It's like water, like of a lake or an ocean or a sea, that the fish and the aquatic life that occupy this place, that move up, down, right, left... North, south, lateral, vertical, lateral, vertical directions, 360 degree potentials of direction to go in, they may or may not be aware that it exists. Just like we are not aware or are aware, to some extent, of that unknown place that wraps around us, like the water of the ocean wraps around us. There are things that exist in that unknown place, and I really call it the psychic sphere, where the ghosts are, where the muses are, where the guardian angels are, spirits, ghosts. All those things that exist with a consciousness, but not a physical form. But are very aware, and for some of us, very active in our lives. Very, very active. And that we we feel like we need to reach out and communicate with them, like there's something of a connection that needs to happen. So that something can be gained, improved upon. Through my years as a psychic medium, I'm a professional psychic medium. I was an IT professional for about twenty or thirty years. Also, I knew how to to write programs, you know, code in C plus plus computer language, troubleshoot computers, printers, all that. So I, I had like a I'm a split professional, IT professional, and also psychic medium professional. And I feel that my psychic ability that I feel like I've had since I was nine, or before really, helped me be really good in my IT career. Where I could come up with solutions to problems from out of the blue, and my colleagues, coworkers, and managers would always say, "Hey, how did you come up with that? Or that's fantastic. That's very helpful. Thank you, and have a nice day," kind of thing. You know, not really a lot of gratitude for it, but hey, I felt like I made a difference. I was being an experience. And then I found myself in situations and places to where people would say, gosh, I wish I had some kind of ability like that. I would like to be better at solving problems or coming up with things that I would like to be known for. I wish, I wish, I wish. And me as a helper, always wanting to help someone achieve the things that they want to achieve, being their champion, you know, born to be that way as an Aries, you know, go and look up, you know, the definition of Aries and what they're known for, could be known for. I tried, you know, or I thought about how could I help them. Well, back years ago, and I've talked about this in new companion, or Kevin and the new companion shows, where back in the 80s and early 90s, I saw the screen savers that would have random images rotating on the screen, like it could be a puppy, and then some kind of, you know, treescape or landscape or oceanscape or skyscape or something tranquil, relaxing, pleasant things to look at while you were busy doing something not on your computer. A screen saver, and I thought how interesting it would be. To have some kind of phrase show up that would say, you know, like, call your mom, call your dad, go and do this, go and do that, go eat lunch, have an apple, what are you thinking right now, or I love you. or yes to that if I was thinking about something or no to that. So I went to the chief programmer who was there because I couldn't think of any way to do that and he told me that I would need a random character generator. And he said there's no such thing as a random character generator because you would have to tie it to some kind of electronic means that would be a source for driving the action. And every electronic source has a predictable start or cause or something. Until years later, when I discovered the Arduino Mega, A-R-D-U-I-N-O-M-E-G-A, well, in between that time of trying to program the screensaver to say things like, oh, go to lunch or, you know, call your mom or whatever, I started my psychic career getting better at that. And because I changed, I ended up being changing from the man that my wife had married and that we got a divorce a few years later. I started watching TV shows and everything that I could get my hands on about psychic phenomena, ghosts, hauntings, spirits, things that have been talked about in antiquity about working with spirits and angels and demons and ghosts and everything, and then there's this show that came out that was known as Most Haunted and then turned into being UK Most Haunted was a a team of paranormal investigators that were in the UK who were investigating uh, haunted houses and castles and buildings and everything, and that they had a K2 device. The K2 device is a gray-looking thing about the size of a TV remote. It has one button and five LED lights on it, and it has a green and then a yellow and then an amber you know, to different degrees, yellow and then red. And this device originally was designed for electrical people who would install power lines in houses or, or troubleshoot power lines in houses and see if they were generating magnetic fields. Sometimes when magnetic fields are being generated by high voltage passing over a power line in a wall or something, that it can influence the electronics around it and also the people and cause the other electronics around it to malfunction. So the K2 device was invented to help isolate where there were high voltages and then either rewire it, or moved the equipment that was being affected by the electromagnetic fields, EMF, to another location. Well, I saw that they were doing yes and no questions using the K2 to the spirits that were at the haunted house or castle or building. And I always felt that they were falling short of getting the true answers that the spirit was trying to communicate. Because... Myself as a psychic medium, and that I have, you know, in the past channeled spirits and people who have passed away for client sessions. And I felt that what they were getting or what they thought they were getting was not exactly what they were receiving. Like in client sessions that I've done before, where I would hear in my mind, in like the little area that, you know, songs that play again and again and again in your head, or some situation that might have happened in the past that I want to think and then rethink and then rethink and then overthink again and again and again. Those places, you know, where we dwell on things, or have the the song from some commercial jingle just play on and on and on. That place is where my psychic information comes through. I call it the mind-media player. It's the place where anything can happen. You come up with ideas, notions, that kind of stuff. Well, my mind-media player was <clears throat> telling me something to the contrary of what was trying to be communicated by the Spirit at that place instead of them you know, trying to ask if they died there or if they lived there or if they had some kind of message or something. And I watched several shows over the years where the K2 was being used by different teams, not only the UK haunted people, but the TAPs and everything else. And I always wanted and dreamed of the day to where I would be able to find some way to take the K2 technology and turn it around so that instead of it just being a flickering light, that would also include spoken phrases. Spoken phrases, you know, such as, you know, I love you, or what did you say, or can you say that again? You know, take a break. You know, uh, getting happy, don't fear that. Whatever it is that you're thinking, how are you feeling? Keep doing that, yes to that. Other things like, you know, a man is uh, speaking or banging and clanging. Don't rush that idea. I don't know that. You know, if they're saying, did you, do you know of any other ghosts here that they could answer? I don't know that. All those kinds of phrases instead of just yes or no. So while I was watching those shows or during the time and seasons, that I was watching that show. I had an IT career, and I was trying to find some way to dig around in that career field to see if I could find something that could help me, you know, in the psychic world when I was working out at Esoterica, trying to find, you know, something that I could tie the two together, trying to bring my IT career and my psychic professional career together to where they would join as one. Well, years later... Uh, the IT industry really got bad and really the economy as a whole got bad to where there was at one point that I saw in comments about the past here recently is that industries of the U.S. were laying off 800,000 people a month. And one of those years back in like 2010, 2011, I was laid off too. So it was just me at home with my girlfriend, and that after two years of living together and fighting over the TV, we ended up falling apart, and that we agreed that I should move out and that she'd just keep the apartment and I would go and do something else. Well, an ex girlfriend of mine said, Oh, you should just come to Columbus, Ohio, leave D.C. behind because everybody's out to work there, and that you could probably find something here in Columbus. So I moved to Columbus, and that's all going well, right. I was there for about three months. I was working at a um golf course, moving around the you know the holes and you know trimming the verge and and uh, mowing the the greens and you know raking the sand traps and just having a great time in a low tech world. It was complicated, it was technical sure, but away from the silicone world of the IT field that I knew, but I was continuing to try to find another IT job. And my friend Tara was like, come on, I know you can get another job in IT, and then I went to all the headhunters trying to find things there. Really wasn't really working out well. Because the industry went from paying $80 or 120 a year for doing what, I did in the past down to making twenty or thirty a year. And that just wasn't gonna cut it for me. My ego, I guess, was getting in the way or something, but I was waiting for inspiration. My psychic career continued because I was able to do that online and I'm known through Best Psychics directory out there on the web. You can Google that later if you want to. That's what my primary career is right now, or my income generator. And also I do demolition and just construction, building houses, that kind of thing. While I was living in Columbus, my brother calls and tells me that my grandmother had passed away. And she was 101. Well, she and I... You know, had talked over the years about dying and funerals and everything, and she told me that she did not want me to come and see her ever dead, and that she wanted me to remember her as being alive, or when she was alive. So I did not go to her funeral, and it was small and informal. And then two weeks later, my brother calls again and says, okay, Dad's in the hospital, and he's on life support, and that you need to come here right away. So I did. I picked up and just drove to St. Louis from Columbus, Ohio. And there was my dad on life support and that he was on a blood thinner, fell, hit his head, and then three days later, you know, he he hemorrhaged in his head and that the blood hemorrhaging crushed his brain so there was no chance of recovery. So about an hour later, we all agreed, you know, after some time of thinking about it of just letting him you know expire and we pulled the plug so we go back home and talk to relatives i spend a week back in jackson county southern illinois and then i have to get back to my job back in columbus well, about two weeks later, my brother calls and says, I can't do all this by myself. I got a lot of family stuff that was left hanging because Grandma passed and Dad passed and I need your help and then you're not really doing anything in Columbus, are you? And I'm, I'm like, no, not really. So I picked up, packed up, and moved back home. Didn't know what to do. I just spent two weeks while I was back home for the first two weeks just looking around and getting reacquainted and seeing things just really bad employment wise there were no technology things I decided to return to my roots and back when I was in you know junior high and grade school that I went to the local radio shack and got the 101 electronics kit and I learned how to make you know flashing lights, how a switch works, how, you know, digital works, you know, transistor technologies, all that kind of stuff. I knew all that back in grade school, right? So that's part of what got me into my career, my IT IT career. So I decided to go back there. Well, all those kits were gone. They didn't really exist anymore. And that the clerk in there said, well, we do have these hobby kits here. And they were all sort of like microcomputer kits to where you're given, like, a little mini-computer that has, like, 50 connections to it that you can connect things to it. Like, you can connect a flashing light. You can connect something that, you know, monitors the temperature, that monitors whether it's raining, barometric pressure, Motion detection, and this was the coming age, right? Because everybody fears security and wants to feel stronger about their, you know, their fortitude of where they live, and that you know there's always something that's tracking anything that might be threatening. I'm like, okay, that might work. So I went, spent the sixty bucks, bought the kit, took it home, went through the manual, looked at the device and just saw a world, a universe of possibilities. And where would I start? Would I start with, like, you know, home security? And then my mind, you know, working with the mind of media player, reached out to, like, seeing, you know, motion detectors that would be wrapped around a house, and that there are already tens of thousands of companies that are already out there doing that. And everything that I could think of that this the device could be used for is already being done by tens of thousands of companies out there, and I would be in the same place that I was back when I was in D.C. and got laid off as an IT professional, you know, being a network uh, solution specialist and also uh, a computer trouble, pro, you know, troubleshooter, computer device troubleshooter, that I would end up repeating a cycle, so I I sort of put the device on a shelf, left it out so that I would see it daily to remind me, hey, this is something that could be a career thing or a future thing or a future life thing, and I just got busy working with family projects, like renovating property that really needed it, you know, back porches needed to be replaced, front porches needed to be replaced. Recently acquired property, needed to have demolition done on it so that it could be remodeled, and that took like a year for all that. Once that was all done, I returned home and sat on the couch looking at the TV, watching one of the paranormal shows where they just happened to be using the K2, and thought, I need to get up off my butt and go and do something with the K2, or with the the Arduino. Because maybe there is something that I could do. So I went to their website, which is arduino.cc. It's a company in Italy that makes it. And I saw that they had different little programs that are training programs that you could take or use to help you, or anyone who has one, to be able to figure it out, learn how it works, and see if you could come up with something that is helpful. So I'm tinkering with it, learned how to make the light flash every three seconds, eight seconds, twice every three seconds, eight seconds. And then I was thinking, what what if someone has done something with the this Arduino Mega that makes it like an EMF, Electromagnetic Field Detector, because that's what the K2 does when it is sensing ghosts around. I thought long and hard about that. So I went to YouTube and Googled Arduino and EMF detector, and somebody had done it. It was a rude, crude, like, training video on, like, how to build or modify the Arduino to be sensitive to electromagnetic fields. And very cool how they did all that. And that was my Eureka. There it was. The technology or the function of the technology that I had been looking for for years finally happened. So, I started building it. and I'm like re-remembering how I went through the whole process. I built it so that it could do EMF detection. And it was working. So I would, you know, get power cords and I would get you know, lights and other things that generate electromagnetic fields up to it, and then the lights would flicker and say, yep, there's a magnetic field here. So then, I was thinking, okay, the, like the lights, like our LED lights generate electromagnetic fields and that they have a very strong field that they generate. And I was thinking that ghosts might have a milder power that causes the K2 to fluctuate and would cause my Arduino project, EMF project, to fluctuate also. So I tinkered around with the the power level settings within the programming, and that took me a couple of months just to figure out you know, trying this thing and that thing, in between working odd jobs here and there. And I finally got it to where it could be sensitive to just atmospheric conditions. So it started sensing atmospheric changes, electromagnetic field atmospheric changes, not humidity, not temperature, electromagnetic you know how i i don't know depending on how old you are if you remember am radio back in its heyday that whenever you're listening to am radio and a storm a lightning storm was approaching or is approaching that there would be snaps crackles and pops that would happen over the top of the music that would be playing, or whatever you were listening to over the radio. That is electromagnetic pulses that are happening. And sometimes, depending on how bright the flash was, the louder the sound on the radio would be. And I thought about that. It's like, okay, so there are different degrees of that, of different powers that would be happening. And I sat out, I set out to find a way to have as many LEDs in a row as possible so that the first LED would light when a very mild pulse of electromagnetic field would occur and then the eighth or out to the current design of the new companion out to 16 as a degree or pulse magnetic, electromagnetic pulse or field would occur up against the new companion or up against my Arduino project. I'm just going to go ahead and start calling it new companion now, right? So, after working with the technology that is wrapped into the new companion and before the days of voice that is programmed into the new companion, I wanted to track... How many times a specific magnetic field power would occur, so if we look at it like degrees of magnetic electromagnetic field pulses, you look at it as like an a right, and a has the same power as b and b has the same power as a and B as C and C is D and D as H and Q and P and L and J and Z, right? They all have the same sort of like face, just different. So I tracked how many times the A EMF would occur through Z. But they really, I had, I didn't tie them to alphabetical representations. I tied them to numerical, and I used binary code, right? Where you have a one and an O, or an O and a one, right? Like O one. That's, I don't, I'm not, that's all. Long explanation of stuff there. Just binary numbers that translates into an address a memory address, a computer address so I started seeing a repeating of these specific powers that would be pulsed to the new companion so I assigned binary addresses to each of the power things, power pulses, that would be repeating themselves. So there would be like a 010111010 oh, oh, one, one, oh, one, oh, would be an address, and then oh, oh, like 1111 would be an address, and 00111 would be an address. For these repeating powers that I had seen in weeks prior, I assigned them binary addresses. So that whenever it would happen, I would have a PC or electric speaker that would beep. So I would go and look at the new companion device and see what address had occurred on the display. And then go on and go and do something else. And then I'd hear the beep again. I would come back. And it's the same kind of beep as... What you would hear on the microwave—that's that's what a piezoelectric speaker is, so just like that. Beep, and you, they can be different tones. And I also had a program that was running in the background that was tracking how many times that specific power played or occurred in the atmosphere, and that. You can compare the different powers happening as like bubbles that are bubbling on top of, let's say, a pot of boiling water, and that there are some bubbles that are small, and that there are some bubbles that are medium size and large size, depending on how, you know, high or heat the power is, or the, you know, how the flame is for boiling the water, each bubble has a specific size and that some of those sizes keep repeating themselves depending on how high the heat is or what the temperature is for boiling the water and that's the same thing as the powers that happen in the atmosphere that they have a specific size or power that occurs and I did, I collected data, I built a database of all those powers that were happening by being sensed through the Arduino Mega and storing it into a report that I could go back to and compare it to other ports reports from databases that collected information of power being pulsed in the atmosphere. So after about you know four or five months of collecting this kind of data and looking at it over spreadsheets and everything, I found some thousand repeating energy pulses that were happening, and I thought that what if these pulses were murmurs, you know, just like if you were in a big crowd that was waiting for a show to start that there would be the everybody talking at the same time is referred to as a murmur. M-U-R, 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 M-E-R, or something. Or M-E-R, M-U-R. So, what if there are, like, a thousand spirits all talking at the same time, on different layers? Like, let's say, and that there's, you know, there's no such thing as time on the other side. What if one conversation is between two spirits that might have lived a hundred years ago, and then another conversation might have been between two spirits that might have lived 150 years ago, and then another set 500 years ago, and then another set 1,000 years ago, all chatting to each other. Just a big room of spirits on different timelines all chatting at the same time. That's a thousand pulses of energy that keeps repeating itself that I feel like I collected. Well I took the middle three or the middle three hundred or three hundred and thirty three and then tracked that for frequency, how many times it happened. And then boiled it down to around a hundred because as I tried to expand the listening capability of the Arduino Mega, it ran out of memory and it couldn't cope anymore. You know, to a certain point. So I limited it to having the program track the hundred events, electromagnetic field events that would happen. And that it happened about the same space of time that you would hear someone, you know, who is watching something on TV or at a sports event or something, and that they would say something and then maybe say something about two minutes later and then maybe five minutes later, ten minutes later, and I think I felt that I had found it. So I got it to where it would say things about every 2 to 5 to 10 minutes, and it got, when I was tracking that, over a 24 and 48 hour period, that eventually every phrase of the 100 phrases would be spoken. Some might be said once or twice, and others might have been 100 or 300 or 400 times. Like there are things that we might say, it's like, I like that, I don't like that, could turn into being some 400 times in a day. And then other times, it would be something like, "Uh, I'm hungry, or I'd like something to drink. How many times a day would we say that? Well, I spent about a month or two trying to think of things that if I got the new companion to be able to talk, what could it say that would just be a part of casual conversation phrases? If you go over to newcompanion.com and click on what did you say and choose either the U.S. phrases or the U.K. phrases, you'll see a list of the phrases that I came up with that I thought that the new companion, you know, nature could end up saying as a part of just being a companion, right? Like spend some time outside, or it might say something like people are talking. I also programmed in there are many dead people are here, is someone there, I used to live here, I have ears that hear, I feel good, I am watching that, I am learning, I am happy to be talking, right, finally, after years of not being able to speak, I put all those phrases in there. I found a device called the SparkFun MP3 player that was the solution for the speaking. So I found a way to program the new companion, or the Arduino Mega microcomputer, and tied it to the MP3 player for saying the phrases. And it worked. And I got it to where it could say the phrases randomly. And it got to where it was really turning into a significant experience for me. Well, dial forward about six months, I built five of them and then spread them out throughout southern Illinois, that I have one over in the U.K. with Veronica, and that she's out there listening somewhere, and that all these people have a new companion that says things and phrases randomly. Like, I had one here at home for the longest while, just so that I could tune it to say the right thing at the right time. And it took a little while, but I got it to where it was saying things comfortably. Then when I got the nerve, I reached out to the historic jail in Benton, Illinois, B-E-N-T-O-N, and I said, I have a device that could be seen as a ghost box that says things randomly. And I said, I think that I could program it to say things that your famous gangster, Charlie Berger, or people during the 1920s that the historic jail is known for, would say. So I programmed it to say those things, and now it sits behind the bars at the jail saying things randomly for when tourists come in to check out the jail, it might say something like, what are you looking at? Or I'm not guilty. Or I need some whiskey. Or I'm sure I'm hungry. Or I'd like some ice cream. Or just other things that, you know, it's like, who are you? What are you looking at? Just, you know, abrasive, yet compassionate, in other cases, kind of phrases. So it would present an experience to the people who would walk in. And I feel that people out there who are looking to enhance their abilities, like if you're an artist of like as a musician or a painter or something, that the new companion could probably help you be better at what you do. Now, as a musical artist and I was speaking with the producer of Main Street Universe, Daniel Michael, that I was thinking that I could put together a new companion that would play musical notes in a sequence. I think they call those riffs, right? Where it's like do-re-mi or re-do-mi or one of those, right? So that way, if they are working on composing a new song or music or something that the new companion could play notes randomly that could end up helping them develop a new song later imagine a song written by the spirit in your house now Mozart Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart talked about how he when he was asked how did you come up with such fantastic music he said the music is already composed I'm just writing it down and the people are like "What? that's pretty crazy so, he hears the song playing through his mind media player, the musical composition, playing through his mind media player, and he just writes it down. The score, right? Nikolai Tesla, famous inventor during the 18, late 1800s, early 1900s, invented all kinds of things that when people asked him where did you come up with, and he said, "Well, I see a problem. I just think about it, and somehow I get an idea from somewhere. I'm not sure how or what it is." And he, I think he talked about how he either got it from aliens or spirits or a higher power or something like that. But again, it came through his mind media player. And if it was not for Nikolai Tesla, it probably would have been another Nikolai Tesla, Nikola. Tesla later. But he is the one that came up with alternating current. And alternating current is the current that comes through the wall that we're able to plug our TVs into, our computers into, our microwave ovens, our refrigerators. That's called alternating current, where... The voltage goes one direction, one second, and then another direction, another second, but really it's like fractions of a second, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Where DC power was invented by Tom Edison, and that for a while Tom Edison and Nikolai Tesla were in competition as to what power should be ran over the wires from house to house, building to building, town to town. And Nikolai Tesla said, you require too much junk technology to help keeping the DC power at a specific voltage, right, or at a specific power, where AC power did not require that. I'm not going to go into detail about that, but eventually, boom. A C Power ends up winning it over, so AC Power rules and Thomas Edison's light bulbs rule today, right? And that's how we got that, came up with that. The guy Edison I think I got that right. No, um Alexander Graham Bell is the person that came up with phones and communications and that kind of stuff, inspired through some source, mind media player. Then there's a Maria Orsic, O-R-S-I-C, who came up with technology that was phenomenal. And that she was a psychic medium in her 20s and was getting information, channeling information, like I was talking about at the beginning of the show, channeling information and writing it down. But she could not interpret it because the, she was writing it in an ancient language that only the people at the university who studied archaeology and ancient languages were able to interpret it. And it turned out to be some kind of Mesopotamian, cuneiform script, like ancient language that was written into clay and stone tablets back 10,000 years ago. She was channeling that information, and that the university that was transcribing it or converting it or translating it was also during the time of the Nazi war, World War two, Hitler and everything, and that that information was fed to the Hitler machine and helped them get a lot of the technology that we use today, like rockets and, and airplanes and everything else. If you go and look at that history, it's it's amazing. But Maria Orsic said that she got her information from a source out in the universe in the Orion's Belt area that's on also the constellation of Taurus, the Pleiades, but the specific area was known as Aldebaran. Without getting into a whole lot of detail about that, you can Google Maria Orsic and find out more about her later. But this was all information that was being channeled through. Now, the thing is, is that all, everything, like, look around your space that you're in right now while you're listening to the show. If you look at everything that was made by man, right, except for grass and trees and everything, it somehow came from a channeled source or was branched off of an original idea that was improved upon, inspired intuitively to go to like the next level. And that's why I built the new companion, is that I want to be able to make a electronic psychic medium available to people who want to be better at what they do. So by giving you or someone that you know that is struggling to improve a project or start a project, that if they had the new companion just running in the background, it could say something right about the time that you're thinking about evolving a notion or taking an idea to being something more physical. And that you could end up hearing the new companion saying, right at the time that you were thinking, oh, I should do X, Y, or Z to make this work, that you could hear the new companion say, I like that, or go with what you're thinking, or I like what you're thinking, or something. I have found, living by myself, and having the new companion running in the background, that it will say things that seem to be relative or relevant to what I was thinking. I didn't have to say it out loud. And that told me that potentially, right, it's all, because I can't test it solidly yet, that where our minds are teeming, you know, that place that we go to when we dream, when we're daydreaming or whatever, when our minds are teeming with possibilities, and that that goes goes off on tangents based on the last thing that we we're thinking about, going in this direction and in that direction and this direction and that direction and all, that it is functioning or bubbling on the atmosphere that I was talking about, like the psychic sphere and the place that that the magnetic fields pulse. That's our That's our connection back to the place that we come from, the place that we go to when we're dreaming that is eternal. It feeds us that information, and that the new companion can be influenced by some spark of electromagnetic field happening in the atmosphere, and who is to say or not say that that same spark influences a notion that we get that are sparked out of the blue? But that's it for now. I will talk to you guys next week about the new companion. And it, to find out more about the new companion, just go to newcompanion nu companion dot com, or you can just Google it new companion to see what the other things are that are out there related to the new companion. To find out more about me, go to temple of Gaia g a i a dot com, or just Google psychic medium Kevin Baird. I want to thank everybody for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.